Well, if you have your Bible, once again, turn to the book of Proverbs this morning. Proverbs chapter 4. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for ears that are anointed to hear and hearts that are open, ready to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Proverbs chapter 4, and let's look in verse 20. He says, Son, my son, attend to my words, incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart. For they, God's words, are life unto those that find them, and health, and as the margin says, medicine, to all their flesh. So we know that there's healing in the word of God. For they are life unto those that find them, health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So notice what the, the writer says. He says, protect your heart with all diligence. Now, how many know what he's talking about? He's talking about your, your inward man, the hidden man of the heart. Yeah. And, and, of course, Paul called him the inward man. He's talking about the real you, your spirit. He says, watch over it. Protect your heart. Now, the Amplified Bible says this. Amplified Classic says, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard, for out of it flow the springs of life. So he's telling us above everything that we do, spend time guarding your spirit. Amen. Protecting it. You know, there's a lot of people, they protect their lawn. They, their, their grass, you know, they protect their, their flower bed. They protect their tomatoes, but do nothing with their spirit. But the Bible says, above all that you guard, guard that. Amen. And so we have the responsibility to protect our heart and to guard over it, to not let bad things in. You ever hear people say sometimes, they say, well, you know, I just got to, you know, I've just got these feelings and I just got, you know, I got to have a release. I got to let it out. No, you should never let it, let it in. You know, whether it's anger or, or different things like that. So we're supposed to watch over, protect, and guard our heart. Now, we, we began just a couple weeks ago. We're going to continue on this today. But we talked about protecting our heart, number one, from unforgiveness. How many know that that's... That's one of the greatest areas that we protect our heart. Because if things are going to go south in your life, I can guarantee it's, it's going to be over a relationship. It's going, it's going to be over holding grudges because, you know, someone did me wrong and, and something like that. There's always going to be that opportunity. So I have to protect my heart and just say, Lord, I forgive. Jesus talking to, to the disciples, you know, the disciples says, you can imagine Peter, he's thinking, oh, wow, this is pretty impressive you mean like up to seven times lord jesus said no not seven but 70 times seven and that was in one day so basically i forgive you i forgive you i forgive you that should be our life why you, you don't want anything think of it like like fly paper you know you don't want anything sticking to you you ever grab that paper you know it's just like boy it's, it's well see that's what unforgiveness wants to do it wants to stick to your life and you just have to Boom, as soon as it tries to hit, you repel it away from you. So then we talked about, number two, guarding against pride. See, what are these things? These are matters of the heart. So we have to guard against pride. We know that the enemy, Satan, who was in the beginning, he was Lucifer. He's a created being. He's not omnipotent. He's not full of power and full of knowledge. He is a created being who fell. And the Bible tells us that he was lifted up because of his beauty. And the Bible says that he, was, he merchandised and trafficked the anointing of God. 
Do you know that, that the Bible tells us that the gifts and calling of God are without repentance? That means that God will never revoke the calling he's put on your life. He will never say, well, you know, Dylan, you, you just messed up, so I'm taking that calling away. You know, even if we do make mistakes, God doesn't pull that anointing away. Now, we may not be able to, to tap into it like we should, but we see that Satan is still, that anointing, he still has that same gifting through music. And that's why it, it, when it's perverted and twisted like it is, it can affect people the way it does. What makes people want to do certain things? Just listen to what they listen to. You know, and so fill yourself with godly music. Fill yourself with something that's going to edify you. And, um, you know, not something that sounds like they're, you know, poking needles in your body, you know, just, just because they're in so much pain. Amen. <laughs> I, I listen to certain things sometimes, in a, you know, not on my own accord, but you're around other people and it's like, dear Lord, no wonder people are in the way they are. So protect your heart. And so pride, the enemy always is trying to, to get us in that area. And see, here's the thing about pride. Pride is the nature of the flesh. Now, who brought your flesh with you today? Just pinch your neighbor and see if they did. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's one of the greatest things about the nature of the flesh is pride. And so it's always going to be with you. Now, I jokingly say this, but if anyone ever calls an altar call for you to be delivered from pride, don't even go up in that altar call. Because you're never going to just get rid of it. You know, thank God that was the day on 1231 of 23, I defeated pride. No, it, it just showed right back up. Amen. It's just like the one guy that um, he got the pin, you know, for, for being the most humble person of the year. But then they had to take it away because he was proud of it. You know, that's, that's just the way pride is. Pride is just, is, is always there. So we have to defeat that by the power of God. But there are other areas, and I'm going to finish up this morning with, with actually several other areas because we took one of those for two different weeks. And, um, but I want to hit about five or six more, and, and we were not going to keep you here until tonight. So. But there are other areas that I have to deal with on my walk with the Lord. And so the third area that I want to, Go into talking about matters of the heart. Number three is bitterness. Everyone say bitterness. bitterness. See, we all have to watch this in life. Especially why? When things don't go our way. We have a, a, an opportunity to be bitter. When it goes differently than planned. When someone else does you wrong. What, what do we have a, an opportunity to do? Be bitter. To, to, to let it go ill on the inside. Now, I want you to turn over to Hebrews chapter 12. And let's read verse 10. You know, this is, like Pastor LaShawn said, you know, we need to, the way we leave a year, the way we start a new year. And so this is one thing that, what a great thing to conquer these things and, and let the, the Lord deal with us and, and root the, some of these things out. Some things just need to be rooted out. Uh, you know, the, the, the Bible talks about Jeremiah that as a prophet that he was to do certain things. Now, we always like the part where it says uh, be rooted and built up and planted. But he talks about being thrown down, uprooted. There's a lot of things that need to be first pulled out then you can build and plant the good things. So look in Hebrews 12 in verse 10 says, For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. Now he's talking about natural fathers. <clears throat> but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seems to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Whoever heard, did you ever hear your parents say, well, you know what? This is going to hurt you more than me. And I thought, there's no way. And um, anyway, 
When you get older, you realize it was for my good. <laughs> uh, especially when your parents tell you about different um, spankings that you got, and then they laugh about it, and it's like, okay. <clears throat> Years later. He says, wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down. See, that makes you want to have your hands and your head hang down when you're corrected. He says, and the feeble knees. Make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but rather let it rather be healed. Verse 14, follow peace with all men and holiness. Holiness just means Christ-likeness. Without which no man shall see the Lord. Now look at verse 15. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Another word in the margin says this, fall from the grace of God. You know that you can fall from the grace of God. The Bible says you can receive the grace of God in vain. And, you know, one, one thing we have to understand about the grace of God the grace of God is, is actually everything that we receive from him. It's because of his grace, because of his goodness. But there's, there's uh, one thing that grace cannot do for you is, is make you receive from him. You know, because a lot of people say, well, you know, it's, it's grace took care of it and grace is all done. People try to apply that even to the even salvation. But, you know, you still have to receive salvation. You know, grace also, number two, can't make you repent. And so there's, there's certain things grace cannot do. Well, grace covers it. Not if you don't believe. That's why we preach the gospel. Amen. And so he says here, looking diligently, lest any man fail or fall from the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. He says that there's a root of bitterness just starts off as a little something now i like the the nlt the new living translation says this look after each other so that none of you fails to receive that's why the bible tells us that we need to watch over one another we need to pray for one another we need to check up on one another amen look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of god Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. How many know when, when one person gets corrupted, it usually tends to corrupt others? Yeah. Amen. How many know that a bad, a, a bad employee on Monday morning can turn into several bad employees by, by break time? <laughs> Amen. And so that's why you just have to, you have to hear that and you just have to get away from it. So what affects you can affect others as well. And one thing about bitterness is this. It always starts with discontent, doesn't it? So that's why you must never put your eyes on people. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Because we know that God will always make up the difference. But see, that's what the enemy is always feeding us, is to be discontent. Well, you know, you know what you need. You know, you know the Bible talks about... Um, a place called um, Mara, and it's a watering hole, you know. It's a, and, and so, you know, I'm sure it, the, the word means bitter. I'm sure what they thought is, you know, we need a new water hole. We need a new place. You know, and people get that, and people, people um, are fed that by the enemy. You know, that man of yours, he doesn't think of, about you. He's a dud, you know, and, 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 and he doesn't care for you. He doesn't respect you. He doesn't honor you. You know, and, and, and women can, you know, men can feel the same thing. You know, that lady, she doesn't respect you. She doesn't honor you. you know, and, and, and so people feel that on the job, too. Well, you know, the boss doesn't care for you. Just that discontentment. It's, that is the lies of the devil every time. So that's why you have to be thankful. Stir yourself up in Thanksgiving. So it starts with discontent. And what happens is that root of bitterness starts to come up. So what do you do? You jump on it with, with both feet. Yeah. I mean, just as soon as it comes. Don't, don't wait and think about it for a couple of days. And so keep your eyes on the Lord. When things go wrong, don't let your heart go wrong with it. 
How many remember Moses? <laughs> Moses did good in his ministry, but he had one, one time where, where the Bible says that, in fact, I believe Hebrews even says that it went ill with his spirit because of the children of Israel. You know what happened? There was one time where God said, strike the rock. But then the next time, what did he say to do? He said, speak to the rock. Well, he said, you bunch of rebels. He called them rebels. He, he took it and he smote the rock. The water still came out, the mercy of God. But that was it for him. It's, and God said, because of that, you didn't honor me in front of the people. You're not going to go into the promised land. And so that's what happened. They, they didn't go into the promised land, or, or Moses didn't. He just had to see it from afar off. That's what disobedience does. Now, just turn back in Hebrews to um, chapter 3. You could say it like this. Don't let someone else's carnality. Now, how many know what carnality is? Carn carnal just means, how about carne asada, you know, fleshy? Flesh, you know, carnal means fleshy, meat, meat-headed, amen. And that, if someone's being fleshy, well, you know, it, it's like uh, Jesse Duplantis, uh, he's an evangelist. He said years ago, he had, he had a message, he, it was entitled this, a fit of carnality, have you had one today? So, Here's the thing, though, that car carnal, I'll tell you what, what carnal, and you can look over in 1 Corinthians 3, it just means body ruled. And so uh, Paul told, in fact, let me just turn over there real quickly. We'll come back and hold, hold Hebrews. You might have to remind me of that. But 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He says, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither now are you able. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews, he says, for when the time that you should have been teachers, he said, you, you have need of that you just have milk. He said, for the time, there should be a time where you develop and you're actually helping other people. But your baby is still, is what he's saying. Look at verse 3. For you are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envy and strife and divisions. I mean, no, that can be in a church. He said, you are, you are yet carnal and walk as men. Or another way to say that, as mere men, as men that are not born again. People have not received the life of God. He's saying, you're walking just like someone who's never received the life of God. For a while, one says, hey, I'm of Paul. I'm of Apollos. Are you not carnal? Who then is Paul and who is Apollos but ministers by whom you believe, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So we see that, that being body ruled, that's what he's talking about. Now, here's the good, good news. Everyone can grow out of that babyhood stage. And, and that's exactly how you get out of it. You grow out of it. How many know that there's certain things that kids do that they grow out of it? Now, and you hope that they do in, in certain phases. They just grow up. And there's certain, certain things with a little bit of spiritual development, you're automatically going to grow out of it. And so, thank God, that's why we need the Word of God, putting it first place. Now, notice what he says here in Hebrews chapter 3. Verse 12. He says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. So, so once again, he's telling us, take heed, watch out. The Bible uses the word beware many times. He says, lest there, there be an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. You know, the Bible talks about that there will be those that depart from the faith. Now, we don't like to talk about that. We don't like to preach messages on that. But, you know, it is true. First Timothy 4. 
about people departing from the, the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. And so we know that, that there are going to be people, but, but I'm not looking to see about me falling. How about you? I'm not looking to miss it. Well, let me just see how close I can get to the fence and not fall. Let me see how close I can get to the world and, not, and, and still be saved. I, I'm looking to see how close I can still be to Jesus and still be on the earth. Amen. So he says, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. See, that's why we need each other. That's why we need each other's uh, fellowship. And that was one of the big things of COVID is it was, it was meant to, it was from hell to destroy the church and to keep people out of church and, and people, you know, there's churches that still have not even opened. <clears throat> that, you know, they just closed down forever. And, and see, that's why we have to have one another's fellowship. Why? So I can encourage you. Hey, man, you're doing great. Keep, keep going. Chingy, man, God's doing this and that. And, and you, you keep encouraging one another. It's going to spur the other person on. See, that's what iron sharpening iron does. Thank you, Lord. So we always have to guard our heart in this area. Number four. Anger. I have to protect my heart from anger. Now look over at Ephesians chapter 4. You know, sometimes you don't hear these nitty-gritty things in church, but we have to have it. We need this in, in our diet. It's like spinach to my kids. Ephesians 4. And look in verse 25. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. But look, at, look what he says here. Be ye angry and sin not. Is it a sin to be angry? From, from this scripture. It's not a sin to be angry. It's just what do you do with it when you are angry? Do you know that Jesus himself was angry? <laughs> the wheels are turning right now. Jesus himself was angry. How many remember the time where he overturned the money changers? But you know he was not out of control. The Bible says he saw the city even the day before. He looked at it and did nothing. The next day, moved by the Holy Ghost, went in and turned those people out of there. So it, here's the difference is are you in control? How many know? I mean, you, you, you know yourself and you know your flesh. How many know there's certain times that you need to walk away? I mean, just... Just listen to Kenny Rogers. You know when to walk away, know when to run. Just don't be gambling at the same time. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? Well, the song, The Gambler. Wasn't that the name of the song? So, um, anyway. But you need to know. It's just like when you correct your kids, don't do it when you're angry. You know, don't do it when you're, you're just so mad. You know, the enemy wants you to be mad, though. Have you ever heard somebody, you know, say they want to get in a fight and they say, don't you make me mad, you know. Someone that really knows how to fight, they want you to lose your cool. Because they'll, they'll just obliterate you. You can't, you can't be in a place of, you just have to be calm. You know, one of the things about the fruit of the Spirit is, is having a, a cool spirit. Just being cool, just, just relaxed. And, that, and that's what the Lord wants us to do. So he says, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Now, I love what another translation says. Don't let the sun go down. Find you nursing a grudge. You know, just like people nurse a baby, they can nurse a grudge. They can hold it right to themselves. And you know what? I'm just going to keep it right here. And I, I remembered what you did. 
You know, you, you said this and that, and they just, mm, I'm just going to hold it right here, you know. And they nursed that thing for 12 years. You have to let it go. I mean, you know, there's a time when that baby gets weaned. There's a time when, when, when that grudge gets let go of. And you say, you know what? You're going to have to go down the road because I'm not going to nurse you anymore. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that's why he's, he look in the next verse. Neither give place to the devil. Don't let the enemy place. So, you know, it's okay. You should have strong feelings about certain things. You know, even with your, your family, I mean, and you, as your kids are growing up, they, they should know certain things that dad doesn't like this or, or this. You know, I'm not talking about, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking about being out of control. I'm just saying there should be some standards. But we don't let those things bother us. And we let, don't let those things, there, there, there might be a time you just need to cool off a little bit. But I want you to look at this passage real quickly in Genesis chapter 4. Sorry, I lost my Bible there. Genesis 4. And see, this is what we don't want to happen. In verse 5. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why are you wroth? And why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, you shall not be, or shall you not be accepted? And if you do us not well, sin lies at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel your brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, Why hast thou, or what hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood cries unto me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When you till the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shall you be in the earth. But all of this actually resulted from an offering. Do you know that God doesn't accept every offering? And that's another subject. But we see here that, that he had anger. And, and the Lord, I believe many times the Lord checks us. And, and the Holy Ghost will check us and, and say, don't go that direction. Don't, don't, no, don't, don't even go that way. And I'm not just talking about physically, but I'm talking about don't go that way in that, in that conversation. Because <laughs> he says here, he says, um, if you do well, shall, you know, if you do right, shall your gift not be accepted? He said, and if thou doest not well, sin lies at the door. Why? Because you, this, this anger is unchecked. And if you leave this, God can say, he said, if you don't deal with this anger, sin's lying right at the door. That's why he said, be ye angry and sin not. So what do we do with that? So we have to protect our heart. That no matter what's going on, I mean, if you have to get out, if you have to walk around the block, if you have to, to, to get on a bicycle, or whatever you have to do, just to cool down. Amen. To, to let, let those things dissipate. Now listen, I want you to listen to what the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5. We see the contrast of the fruit of the Spirit and, and uh, the works of the flesh. Now notice what he says here. He talks about in verse 20. He says, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, harries, envying, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. What is that? He's talking about, the, that's what you would call the fruit of the flesh. <laughs> that's the fruit that, you know, have you ever seen somebody and they say, you know what, I just want to flesh out today. You don't want to flesh out even for one second. Amen. You know, 
like I said earlier, some people say, well, you know, I had to, I had to let this go. But actually, those things should have never got in. <clears throat> so all of these things are part of the nature of the flesh, and the, we have to learn to control the flesh. Hallelujah. You ready for a couple more? Number five. And this is just a, you know, you could have a very long list, but number five, jealousy. I have to protect my heart from jealousy. And this is one, one of the greatest ways you can do that is you learn to rejoice with others. Learn to rejoice with others when they're blessed. Well, you know, I don't know why they got that. I don't know why they got blessed. You know, I've, I've, been, I've been in the way for 40 years. And, uh, you know, that, that, that's something in the Bible where we see it talked about believers being of the way. Well, I've been in the way for 40 years. Yeah, you got to get out of the way. And so many times associated in the Bible with jealousy is the word envy. Do you know what the religious leaders, what the Bible says, the, why the religious leaders de delivered Jesus up? It said because of envy they delivered him. Because of envy. Now, it's very interesting when you study this out, but jealousy actually wants to have what you have. And they're jealous that you don't, I don't have that. Maybe they have a new car or they have a promotion or something like that. But here's what envy says. Envy says, if, you, if I can't have it, then neither can you. And so that's, that's why we see with envy, we see murder. If that person can't be blessed, I mean, if I can't be blessed with, bless God, they're not going to be either. And so then people murder and they, have kill, and they have murder in their heart. So what do we do? We rejoice with others. We say, Lord, I just thank you. And that, that's, that's a good reason to pray for one another. <laughs> I mean, you, you might have to just pray every day for that person. Lord, I just thank you for blessing that person. I thank you that you're using them. Lord, I thank you for that church, that you're blessing them. Lord, I thank you for that, that company. I thank you for this and that. Why? Because you, you don't want any jealousy in your heart. You know, as Christians, we don't compete with one another. There was a book many years ago, The Spirit of Competitive Jealousy. And that's what, what happens, you know. And, and that's, that's all fueled by Satan. And you know what, what, what it leads to is strife. And you know, one thing about it as a believer, and especially as a church, we have a no strife policy. Amen. There, there's, there's no strife that's going to be tolerated. Why? Because when you tolerate it, strife is the manifest presence of the enemy. Now we know that peace, the peace of God, is the manifest presence of God. But when we look at Strife, that's the manifest presence of the devil. <clears throat> Number six. These are all things, what we could say, hidden things of the heart. Because sometimes you don't, you don't see jealousy, do you? But these are things that will clog the heart of man. And like I said, we could go on with many other things. But jealousy. Number six, lust. Now, what's another word for lust? It's just strong desire. How many know that the Bible, and, and you see it in life, there are many different desires, strong desires. How many know we have a strong desire to eat? A strong desire to sleep? Those things in and of themselves are not bad, but they just have to be controlled. And so, when you're talking about all these different... I want you to look over in 1 John chapter 2. First John 2. He says in verse 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, if any man love the world, the love of the Father, or another way to say it is love for the Father, is not in him. For all that is in the world, 
the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away in the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abides forever. So how many know that every person has desires? And see, that's the, the lie of the devil. That what he does is, is people have certain desires, and when they don't know what to do and control them, then what he says is, that's who you are. But you know, that's not who you are. It's not, you know, if you have a desire, you know, if, if the devil tempts you to do something and you say, well, I, I have those feelings, so, so I must be an adulterer. You know, I have this, so I must be a murderer. I have this, so I must be a, grievy, a you know, greedy, covetous person. I mean, no, just because certain desires the enemy tempts you with, that's not who you are. You had to resist those things. So all the lust of the flesh. And of course, um, when, you, when you talk about sexual sin, everything has to line up with the Word of God. We know that, the, that those desires are, are right, but it has to be controlled. It has to be within the confines of marriage. If we want the blessing of God. And then number seven. Now, this is a big one. We could spend a whole time on this. One area that you really have to protect your heart is this, fear. Fear. What does the Bible say in 2 Timothy 1? It won't hurt you to turn over there real quickly. We'll, we'll finish with this verse, I think. He says in 2 Timothy 1, verses, uh, starting in verse 6, Wherefore I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God, which is in you by the putting on of my hands. So obviously we know that, that Paul laid hands on Timothy more than one occasion. And he says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. Say it with me. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. You know, I was just telling my wife yesterday, um, great pastor, uh, John Osteen, who started Lakewood Church, of course, his son, Joel, uh, pastors the church now. But when Brother Osteen started that church, um, way back when, he tells this story of, of how he was gripped by fear. So that shows that no one of us is immune to the attacks of the enemy. We have to resist the devil just like anyone else. And so... But Brother Osteen said that he, he, had a, he just had a, a hopelessness about him. He said everything he did just was, was too big for him. You know, he said even the thought of certain things, he would just begin to cry. And he just felt overwhelmed. And so he would just go to his office. He said he would just go to his office and he'd close his office for weeks at a time and just be in there praying. And, um, but anyway, he had, he had this vision in this dream where he saw, saw in this dream this man, and, and he saw the devil as like this big evil genius. And so as he's talking, and, uh, or in the dream, this man, he, he, he actually is, um, the man is there, and Satan has his eyes on him in just a gaze. And so it's like he controlled him just by his eyes. And so finally, he's in the dream with the man, and he just says, I'm getting up out of here in the name of Jesus. And he walks out. Well, it was a few months later, he had this major attack on his life, which wasn't from God. It was from the devil. But anyway, he was, he was just afraid to do anything. And so 
in the process of time, he's praying, and the Lord said, do you remember that dream? He said, yes. He said, what did you do? He said, I got up and walked out of there. And so he said, well, do, you need to do that. And so he, he got up, and he just said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I, I, I'm, I'm getting up out of here. But he was still dealing with, with some fear. So, so he, he actually had somebody come to prophesy and prophesy to him and said, Brother, Brother Osteen, I saw you, and you got an airplane, you went up, and it crashed. I mean, what a great prophecy, you know. What a great, what a great word, you know. So anyway, he ended up, uh, he said, so I did the worst thing. I went and got on a train, and he acted on that fear. But, you know, he said, man, he said, I got on the, and then I got on a train, he thought, I mean, I got on an airplane. He said, I thought it was going to be one of these jets. He said it was like a, a, a twin engine, like a propeller, you know, just like here I am and just gripping the seat. But he said, I had to beat that fear. So no matter who you are, like he said, I'm coming out of this. God has not given me the spirit of fear. So we, we know, you know, the Bible says that, that perfect love casts out fear. See, that's why when you know, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. See, we have to know that just beyond, a, you know, being born again. But on a daily basis, God loves me. He's not going to let me fail. He's not going to let me go under. He's not going to let me just, you know, be washed out. God cares for me. He loves me. In fact, he can't help himself. And we're the apple of his eye. Amen. And just boldly stand in front of the enemy and say, you know, God is for me. Who can be against me? If God be for me, what difference does it make who's against me? So he says here, the spirit of fear. So it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's an influence. that the, the devil comes, he says, the spirit of fear. So God has not given me that. So why, why, why is that important? Because if God gives me something... I'm not going to resist it. Most people will embrace it. Do you know why the devil is so hard on, on preaching and that, you know, it may be the will of God that, that I'm sick and suffering? Because if you believe it's God, then you're not going to resist it. But if you know it's from hell, you're going to say, in the name of Jesus, I'm not going to have this. If you think something's from heaven, you're not going to resist it. But if you know us from hell, then you will. So he says, you, you haven't been given the spirit of fear. But what have I been given? I've been given the spirit of power. How many know the Holy Ghost is called the spirit of power? A spirit of love and of a sound mind. Not a crazy mind. Everyone say sound mind. How many remember when you're in high school and, and people would do like a last will and testament? And um, anyway, they would do that. And they would say, um, I, so-and-so, being of sound mind. Of course, a lot of people I went to school with, you know, they'd say they were of unsound mind or whatever this. And I bequeath this to so-and-so. But God has given us a sound mind. The Bible says, I have the mind of Christ. Amen. So today, I know what to do in every situation because I have the mind of Christ. Because He illuminates my mind. He gives direction to my spirit. This year is going to be different. Why? Because I'm going to be led like I never have been before. The Holy Ghost is, is we're, we're on the same frequency. Amen. We're not going to just bounce around. Not saying we have, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to bounce around in life and just, you know, just hope and pray that things will be better. Amen. They're, my sheep know my voice. A stranger's voice, I'm not going to follow. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hear from heaven like never before. Hallelujah. And God's going to set before us doors this year, open doors. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says, Doors that no man can shut. And on the, on the flip side of that, you know, if a man tries to shut it, I mean, just because a door looks like it's closed doesn't mean you shouldn't go through that door. Well, you know, it, it, 
You know, if the Lord says to go through it, I don't care if it's padlocked and, and got chains around it. <laughs> you, you speak to it and say, in the name of Jesus, I'm going through that. But, you know, just because a door looks like it's open, well, you know, that must be God. You better pray about it. Well, you know, it just it looks like a great opportunity, and I can do this and that. You, you, you better pray about it. Well, you know, there's a need for this. There, there's needs that you'll never be able to, to meet. Just because there's needs doesn't mean it's a leading. Amen. One of the things that we have to have is a leading from the Holy Ghost. I don't, have, I don't have to have a reason not to do something. But I have to have a leading to do something. Why don't you come over here and do this? No, I just, I don't, why, you know? Or, are you better than I am? Are you this and that? No, I don't, I don't have to have a reason not to do it. I just have to have a reason to do it. And that's, that's what I believe God wants us to do this year is, is that we fine-tune our spirits like never before. Amen, that we don't miss it. That we, don't, we don't just bounce. You know, that was one of the things that I observed with Brother Kenneth Hagin when he was, and other people too, commented on this. Is he said until he knows what, what, what the Holy Ghost is saying, he said he'll just sit like a donkey right in the middle of the road. He said, I'm not budging. He said, and then one, one person said, that's also the reason why he's not had to backtrack like other people have too. Is because he got it right the first time. Well, you know, the Lord says this, but now the Lord's saying this. Well, the Lord told us to do this. Now the Lord's not leading us to do that. You know, <laughs> no, he's the same yesterday and today and forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I believe that even as we close this year out, that as we, we purpose all the time just to be on guard, be conscious of our heart, protect our heart. You know, let me say this. <clears throat> you know, just like this. People, people spend untold money, and I, I'm not judging people for, they can spend money on whatever they want to. But people spend money on everything except themselves. You know, and I'm not just talking about helping other people. What I'm talking about is, you know, everything that, that people make goes into their, their bass boat, or it goes into this, but no, they don't. Uh, they neglect their body. Well, you know, if you don't have your body, that bass boat ain't going anywhere. Take, learn to take care of your body. Learn to take care of yourself. And I know that's a message for all of us. But that's what the same thing. Protect your heart with all diligence. What What does it help if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul? So learn to put first things first. I believe that's that's one of the things this year, and this is not what we're this is not what we were saying about the word for 2024, but I'm I'm just saying on an everyday basis, put first things first. Put the things of God first. If you want to be spiritual, what do you do? You put spiritual things first. Well, not not at the end of the week, God, I'm so tired. Let me let me crack open the Bible and let's read a verse, you know. That's why we, we have a, a chapter that we read every day. Amen. We, I know in times past we've done like the one-year Bible and things like that. Just whatever it takes for you to, to do and, and to, to put first things first. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, we thank you for your word today, and we thank you for speaking to the hearts of your people even now. Thank you, Lord, for... Showing us, Lord, areas that we need to protect our heart, areas that need to be even uprooted. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. With every head bowed in this room and every eye closed, I want to just give this call before we leave today. You know, every part of the service is an important part. I always tell people it's like a big smorgasbord of all the different things that the Lord has on the table for the day. And we partake of them. 
and this part is no different. And so with nobody moving around and deciding they got to go to the bathroom at the most important, this part, you may be sitting here today and you may say, you know, I don't, I don't really know much about what Pastor Will's been talking about. I, I know of God, but I don't really know him. I've been doing life my own way for all these years, but I feel like something is drawing me. I have to ask you this question, friend. If you died today, do you know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that your home would be in heaven at this very second? Do you know for sure, for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that if something happened to you, do you know if you would spend an eternity with Jesus? And if not, you can take care of that today. You know, the Bible says that, that, that hell was never made for you and I. It was made for the devil. And so you don't have to go to a devil's hell. You can make the choice. God gives us this free will. And you can make a choice to say yes to Jesus, to say, come into my heart. And I want to live for you. I want to live for you. Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I want to give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that's what I was talking about earlier. Many people carry burdens, the burden of sin, the burden of depression, the burden of, of hopelessness, and, 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 and many burdens that you can carry. But Jesus says, come and give those burdens to me, and, and, and I'll, 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 I'll put something on you that is light and that is full of rest, and, and cast all those cares on, on, on me because I care for you. And so today, you can give your heart to the Lord for the very first time if you've never done that. And second of all, there might be somebody in here who says, you know, I, I know the Lord. I've served him in days gone by, but my heart's grown cold. Maybe you're sitting here and you're saying, man, boy, Pastor Will's talking about me today. I, I find myself with some of these hidden things of the heart that no one knows. No one has a clue that I'm going through. That maybe you have hidden anger. Maybe you have lust. Maybe you have, you have unforgiveness. Maybe you have, have things that have clogged the heart of man. And you find yourself stuck. And you find yourself in a place where you don't have any joy and you don't have peace anymore and the bible says that if you come to him he'll restore to you the joy of your salvation because being saved should be full of joy being saved should be full of peace being saved should should you you should have a a, a jump in your step when you walk when you're born again and you know that you have jesus and you come into church and you're excited about the things of God and you go about your work day and you're excited and you're telling other people about Jesus but somehow you found yourself in a place that you're stuck and you you don't you don't you know you're not serving them like you should because of hidden things of the heart or maybe it's something on the outside that happened to you maybe you lost a loved one maybe something uh, you know you, a relationship went south and it discouraged you maybe it was something that another person in church did to you and they hurt you and 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 you just can't get past it maybe another church hurt you I don't know what it is but you know what it is and and the devil comes to throw things at you so that you don't serve God like you should and, and you, you could say, I, I gave my heart to Jesus when I was a little girl, a little boy, or at this age or that age. And, but you find yourself in a place where you're just not serving him like you should and like you used to. Because you used to have joy and you used to have peace. And the Bible says that, that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, 
and joy in the Holy Ghost. And the Lord wants to give you back that today. And he'll in whatever wasted days that there have been, and, and where 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 the Bible talks about the 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 canker worm and and all these worms came to to just destroy and suck the life right out of you, the Lord says He'll restore to you all of those years and and bring you back to even greater and greater and greater. And don't walk out of this place not knowing that Jesus is the Lord of your life. Don't walk out of this place and and not knowing that that you're not right you got to know that you're right with God you got to know that you're right with him and that you could stand before him clean and pure and holy and righteous before God at this very moment you don't know when the when when it's your last day upon this earth but you should live like it is your last day you should make decisions that it's like your last day what would you do if it was your last day on this planet and thirdly you might be sitting in here and saying you know pastor Lashon, i love the lord i love him but the devil keeps lying to me and telling me that I'm not saved. And I have a tormenting thought. Day and night, middle of the day, afternoon, evening, all day long. And the devil tells me that I'm not saved, that I'm not born again, and that, that, that I'm, 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 I'm not right. And that I'm just, that it's just a tormenting thing that's gripped you and fear has gripped you in this area. And the Lord wants you to set you free. And so that you can go into this new year without that tormenting spirit that tells you that you're not good enough and that you're a failure to God. And I'm here to tell you that that is the enemy talking. And you need to get rid of that because the Lord loves you. And he has a plan for your life. Just like Pastor Will says, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. For the Bible tells me so. <laughs> oh. So if you're here in this room and you say, boy, I, you know, I fit into one of those three categories. You're talking to me. Today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not next week. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of freedom. Today is the day of deliverance. Today is the day of joy. Today is the day of peace. And the Lord will bring it to you when you make that choice and you draw the line in the sand and you say, I ain't living for the world. I'm living for you, Jesus. That's what the Lord has for you. I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. He says, choose life so that you may live. You might be sick of living. You might be sick of living this way. But the Lord has something much greater for you. But you choose it. You choose. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So if you're sitting here and you say, man... That's me. I've never, ever given my heart to the Lord. Or I've just grown cold. And I'm not on fire anymore. You know, the Bible says that he says, I'd rather you be hot or cold. But if you're lukewarm, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. You cannot ride the middle of the road. I don't know.
don't know about you, but I like to know where people are at when I'm talking to them. I like a clear-cut person. And the Lord's like that too. He says, I want to be, I want you to be hot. Hot, hot, hot. That means you're radical. You're serving him. You're on fire for him. You're winning souls. You're, you're putting the kingdom first. That's what all it means. You see, you're, he's first. He's first. First, 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 first. Not last, but first. So if you say, that's me, I, 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 need, I need to make him first. I just have kind of put him on the back burner for a while. But I want to make him first again. I want, I want to be on the first burner. <laughs> the one that's really strong and it heats up quick. <laughs> and you know, on a hot stove, uh, flies and things the enemy cannot sit very long when you're hot. So if that's you, then I want to pray with you and for you. And thirdly, if you're in this room and you say, I'm that person that has been tormented by the enemy. And the devil lies to me and tells me not, I'm not saved and I'm not born again. Then I want to pray with you and for you as well. So if you're in one of those three categories... This is not a time to be ashamed. If you're ashamed, if, if you're ashamed before God, he'll be ashamed of you. You don't want to be ashamed. That's why we have a saying at this church that we're not ashamed. We're not ashamed of the offerings of the Lord. We're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to those who would believe. It is the power. We're not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. We're not ashamed of the anointing and him moving. We're not ashamed of anything that he does or wants to do. And you got to be that way in your life too. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed to, 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 to say, Lord, yes, that's me. So if you fall into any one of those three categories, you say, I, I need to give my heart to the Lord because I've never done that officially. I, maybe I, you sat in church for many years, but you actually never, no one's ever told you that you actually have to invite Jesus Christ into your heart. Maybe that was you, but you must come to him. Invite the king into your heart. So if you need to do that or you just want to come back to him or if you want to just know for sure then quickly slip up your hand all across this room because I'm going to pray with you and for you with all eyes closed head bowed if you say that's me Thank you, Jesus. I see those hands. You say, that's me. I just need to make it right. The Lord's dealing with me. There's nothing to be ashamed of because we've all been in that place. I want everybody to look at me right now. On the east side of the church. Church one, <laughs> if you say, I've never given my heart to the Lord, or I fit into one of those categories and you did not raise your hand, then quickly slip up your hand and say, I want to pray for me. On this side of the room, if you say, Pastor LaShawn, I didn't raise my hand, but I want to be included in that prayer, then slip up your hand. Those who did, I want you to stand right now. Just stand and take a bold step for Jesus and come up front. And I'm going to pray for you. A bold step. You know, God, he wants you to be bold. Bold step. 
bold as a lion. The righteous are bold as a lion. And just stand towards me, face me. Raise your hands to the Lord. I just want to tell you that you're making the best decision of your whole life right now. And today is a new day. Yesterday is past. And tomorrow is the rest of your life. And to, right from this moment, today, the Lord is going to, he's going to do a new thing in you. And you're going to have a new clean slate. Amen. So I want you to, the whole congregation, if you just stretch out your, your hands and, and pray this prayer with me. Pray it out loud. If you're in the congregation, you said, you know, I should be up there right now. There's still time you can come. But if you don't, pray it and mean it with your heart and your lips out loud. You say, Father God, I come to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your word that if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, then, I'll come into your, then you'll come into my heart and you'll forgive me of my sins. So right now, I confess Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me. Cleanse me. Set me free. I believe that you died for me and that you rose and you're coming back again. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Give me a passion for the things of God and a hunger for you. Help me. I give you all of me for all of you. I consecrate my whole life to you. Have your way. Do, you, do as you please in my life. From this day, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I can tell you today that your sins are completely forgiven, washed away, gone, new slate, everything's brand new. And the Lord has joy for you. Joy, joy.